Hi, I'm Dan Krinas from the Leader of Learning Podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure to check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready, because the learning begins in 3, 2, 1. This is Podcast PD, the show that provides you with anytime, anywhere professional development. Our conversations and guests will provide you with the learning you might get in a faculty meeting or on a PD day. Except you'll have more fun with Stacey Lindis, AJ Bianco, and me, Chris Nessie. Hola, los personas. Bienvenido a Podcast PD. Me llamo Cristobal Nessi y... That's wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, you guys. No, I know this episode is coming out in the beginning of May, but it's not coming out in time for Cinco de Mayo. So knock it off. Being English, start over. Lo siento. <laughs> no, you don't have to start over. <laughs> Hi, Chris. How are you? I am doing well, Stacy. Always a pleasure to be here with the great Stacy Lindis. AJ, how are you? I'm doing doing well, guys. How's everybody going today? Chris, you're uh AJ, you don't exactly sound Claritin clear. You okay, buddy? Uh yeah, the uh, spring allergies are coming out in full effect. Spending time in the baseball field is doing that to me. So I know, the manager. For the one thing I love, I get the one thing I hate. Oh, I, I, oh. it's a trade off we're all willing to make. Yeah, as long as I can breathe at the end of the day, I'll be good. Come on, spring. So, Stacey, anything new in uh, in your neck of the woods before we get going, or are we ready to roll? Um, Let's see. This past weekend, I attended my fourth ed camp in a row, so four ed camps for the month of April. And when this podcast, or when the show releases, um, ed camp you will be taking place this coming weekend. So if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, or before Saturday, May 5th, um, check out EdCamp U. Uh, it is an EdCamp all about um, self-care for the teacher. So should be a good EdCamp. We'll see. I'm excited, I guess, for it. As long as we're promoting EdCamps. Hey, coming up in November of 28. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's that? November EdCamp? Oh, that real that that big one, the most greatest ed camp in all the land. Oh, that's I right. Know, right, New Jersey. Anyway, um, AJ, since your nose is all clogged up, we're not going to have you talk too much. Thanks, um, appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I will, we know you're coaching. I will share one thing. I, I was at a um, a conference this past weekend uh, for it was the NYSCATE, the New York State affiliate of ISTE, and I heard a wonderful keynote there from uh, Thomas Murray. But uh, I got to be honest, the the keynote was was fantastic. It was a perfect little uh, rah rah kind of kind of deal. But I think his ideas are really on point. And if you are interested in grabbing that book, go for it. I'm going to ask my uh, NJASED people for the uh, North Region if we can do that book over the summer as uh, our book talk. So uh, if you get a chance to listen to Thomas or you had a chance to get that book, I would say grab it because the ideas that he was talking about, the eight keys of learning, 
I think uh, they they really got something going there to help you refocus on your classroom and your instruction and putting it all together for a dynamic year. So if you're looking for an end of year PD for yourself and you want you want to get something going, I think that's a good way to start. Yeah. Also, as as we're recording this, I just saw uh, Tom tweeted out that. It was now a best-selling ASCD book as we're recording. So obviously, it's doing really well. Uh, this is the book he he record uh, recorded. <laughs> this is the book he wrote with uh, Eric Scheninger, right? Yeah, that's the book, right? I didn't I didn't get, grab a copy of it the other day, and I, I wish I did. Now that I look back, but uh, I'll get it. And uh, hey, like don't, said, don't worry that there it. will be a link in the show notes for this episode out at podcastpd.com slash twenty eight. If you want to pick up the book and help out our show, by all means, please hit up our show notes and purchase it through Amazon. That'd be fantastic. Uh, I, I don't have all that much going on myself. I mean, you know, we're headed here into May, um, getting ready to introduce Genius Hour to my ninth grade students. So I'll be sure to report back on that in our upcoming episodes about how that's going. It's been a, a work in progress over the course of this year. And um, they're about to find out what we've been building up to since September. So that's exciting, and I'm looking forward to doing it. And, of course, reporting about that experience both here and, of course, on the House of Ed Tech. With that being said, Stacy, why don't you lead us into the main topic of today's episode? Yeah, so in keeping with um, the theme of my month-long um, journey of ed camps, I, you know, started the month with EdCamp Happy Camper, and I finished the month with EdCamp Garden State. Both of those were in South Jersey. Last weekend, I went all the way up, way up north, AJ Bayou, to Chatham. It's not really there, man. <laughs> Whatever. It feels like it's forever away. Anyway, I participated in um, Nerd Camp New Jersey, and this was the second year I was fortunate enough to corner Una Abrams, one of the co-organizers, um, when we were in the after party and um, asked her if she would be interested in doing a little interview for the show. And she said yes. So I spent some time with her having a conversation as dismissal was taking place for her. And it was a wonderful conversation um, just about books and all things nerdy. And Una talked about what it's like to take something that started someplace else, bring it to New Jersey. And um, I don't know, my biggest takeaways were how it's like an ed camp, but has some really stunning differences that I think are absolutely amazing and necessary. And she talks about how she gets all of those amazing authors to come to ed camp for free. So I really think that... Um, there are some really good tips and tricks to be learned in, in our conversation. And um, I think you guys will really, really enjoy it. So I'm so excited to talk to Una Abrams, co-organizer of Nerd Camp New Jersey. Una is a high school ELA teacher. She is the mother of four boys, ages 12 through 6. She's a happy wife, fictionista. Personally, she is my book whisperer. If I need a book to read and I'm looking for something that I know will pack some oomph or just be playful, Una's the person I generally go to. 
Una, welcome to Podcast PD. Thank you for having me, Stacy. I wanted to have you on because Chris, AJ, and I have been talking about how April has really been a big um, month for all things EdCamp. And Nerd Camp is probably something that our listeners don't know much about. Can you give us a little bit of a history on what Nerd Camp is, what the origin is, how it all started? Yes. So Nerd Camp is the um, genius creation of Mr. Colby Sharp, who teaches in Parma, Michigan. Um, he's one of the four founding members of the Nerdy Book Club. Um, and so that's that's a blog. Um, and it it runs every day. It has, gosh, 60,000 followers, I think. I'm not good with the numbers, but it, it's got a ton of followers. Um, and the four founding members of the Nerdy Book Club are Donalyn Miller, who is the real book whisperer, um, Colby Sharp, Cindy Beth Minich, and Kathleen Sokolowski. And they teach in Michigan, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Texas. So they're, you know, they're all across the country. So um, they started the, the Nerdy Book Club um, and then Nerd Camp was an extension of that. And so the first Nerd Camp was in Nerd Camp, Michigan. Um, and that, but now they're popping up all over the country. So you've got Nerd Camp, Northern New England, Nerd Camp, North Carolina will, will run for the first time this summer, Nerd Camp, Indy, Nerd Camp, Kansas, um, Nerd Camp, Long Island, which is where, you know, that's where I went originally to get ideas. Um, but I also went to Nerd Camp Michigan in the summer of 2016. That was my, you know, that's the mecca of Nerd Camp. <laughs> that was the original. So pretty much what Nerd Camp does is um, it's it's an ed camp with a literacy twist. Uh, and, and each one, it kind of reflects the region that it's in. So each one is a bit different. Um, so that's just, I mean, it's, it's incredible. So you should go to their website and see all the info about it. Ours is on a much smaller scale, um, here in New Jersey. You know, it, it brings together literacy leaders, literacy teachers. The icing on the cake is that, um, authors are welcome to come to nerd camp as well. Uh, and so, you know, they're welcome to come out and to participate. Uh, it's not only educators that you'll find, but you'll also find, um, your local and sometimes not so local authors. I and mean, we had authors from across the country that came to Nerd Camp, New Jersey. Yeah, I saw that there were a couple of authors that I spoke to in the teacher's lounge who were from, I think one said Illinois and the other was, oh, did she say Michigan or she was from someplace else, but they knew each other and it was really cute. They could tell that they kind of like ran in circles together, probably at events like this one. And um, there's one from Virginia, I think. They grew up together in Virginia. That was Hillary Homsey and Alexandria LaFay. Yes, Alexandria, um, I remember her. Yeah, and Hillary now lives in California, and Alexandria now lives in Illinois, but they grew up together in Virginia. So, And Hillary flew in from California. So did Sally J. Pla and Andrea Loney. They came, and now Andrea Loney is originally from New Jersey, so she has family in New Jersey. And uh, so she came in and, you know, worked worked us into her trip, I believe. Um, but Sally J. Pla came uh, and did some author visits. And while she was here, she she stopped into Nerd Camp, New Jersey. That is fantastic. And, you know, I have to say, this is my second Nerd Camp, New Jersey. It's the second Nerd Camp, New Jersey that is in existence. You put on quite an event. And I think that educators are fortunate enough to have the experience that it's, it's spreading out, that, you know, North Carolina... Northern New England and all of these other states 
are going to have the opportunity to experience a nerd camp, New Jersey. Um, you said you've gone to Michigan and you started it in Long Island. What made you bring it to New Jersey? What was that experience like? And how does our nerd camp differ from those two since you said, it, you know, it kind of has a regional feel? Yeah. So uh, one of the things that I think it comes down to, sad to say, is the almighty dollar. You know, I go every year to National Council of Teachers of English, wherever it is in the country, whether it's in Las Vegas, Boston, uh, you know, Atlanta, wherever it is, I go. And, you know, some women like roses and chocolates. I like professional conventions. And so my <laughs> husband knows that, like, you know, for me, it's like, Happy birthday, Merry Christmas, Happy Mother's Day, Happy Valentine's Day, Happy everything. Like NCTE is my gift for the entire year, you know? That's right. Um, and so, you know, but it's expensive. It's, you know, it's like a thousand dollars at least. And that's if you get off good and, you know, and, and like pack your trail mix and pack snacks and everything, you know, um, it, it's just expensive. It, it could be as expensive as $1,500. And, you know, I mean, the professional development budget in my building, I, I, if I asked every year to go to NCTE and I present there, um, and I have an awesome time and I nerd out, and that's where I, I shamelessly collect most of my author selfies. Um, mm -hmm. but, but like you can't, I would be asking my district to give me about one tenth of my building's professional development budget if I wanted to go to NCTE and I wanted that to be covered by my district every year. And I think you and I both know that that's just not feasible and it's not sustainable and it's not fair. Right. Um, for any number of reasons. Um, and so really what nerd camp is, is it's, it's a hack. It's asking, um, you know, and George Kuros says this in, you know, in the innovators mindset, how can we innovate inside the box? Because these problems aren't going to go away. Um, so how can we work smarter and not harder? Well, nerd camp, because who are the best people who can deliver professional development on literacy oftentimes people whose job it is full time to read and to write. Um, and, and I mean, certainly teachers, but also authors. Um, and so bringing in mentor authors to, um, and inviting them into the conversation does two things, I think. And one of the missions of the nerdy book club, um, you know, of course is to get the right books into young readers hands, but also some of those books are hidden gems you know, some of those books are not like the Divergent series or, or like what you're going to come across in a library book sale five years from now in bulk. Some of those are written by writers who, you know, have a full time job and write on the side. Like a, I think of like a writer like Josh Funk, who, um, you know, he, he does these amazing picture books, um, but he has a nine to five job. Even Jeff Zentner, who's a young adult author. He has a full-time nine-to-five job. He, he writes his books like on his phone on the bus to his nine-to-five job. <laughs> so like, and I just love stories like that because they show us what real writers do. And those are stories that we can share with our students, you know? Oh, I love that. Um, and it's exhilarating. Um, and, and so these authors come out for free and they work with us as teachers and they also love what we have to say to them, you know? So for example, um, I think oftentimes authors don't, don't always understand the purchasing process for books and how it is, um, in many districts, such a slow process. 
And if I want to teach a new book as like a whole class novel, what do I have to do to take that through board approval? What do I have to do to, you know, to get a class set of that book? And then how do I want to teach my book? I, I think most YA authors, they, they don't want you to be making up a Scantron quiz on their book, right? I mean, they, they probably, that's probably not their big dream for their book, right? Right. Um, and so, you know, but, but for authors to hear about, you know, how access is oftentimes the struggle for, you know, um, for teachers um, is, is, you know, is just as important as it is for teachers to hear about author process. You brought it to New Jersey as a way to hack your your own professional learning. And I think that's great because not only are you benefiting, but the entire state of New Jersey and other surrounding areas, um, especially those surrounding the northern New Jersey area, are really, really making out. I mean, the number of authors, illustrators, um, just, you know, thoughtful, inspiring speakers that you had at nerd camp was amazing. So, you know, what does that look like for your planning process? Because you had a lot of people there. Yeah, we had, we had 300 this year. And what's really interesting because I'm, I'm, I'm a data geek with very few things, but that feedback form I've been looking at all week. I keep going back. So let me stop you there. You had 300 people in attendance or 300 people um, facilitating and speaking and 300 people in attendance, 50 of whom are authors. So you, you figure 250 for educators, um, you know, and the other 50 authors. And the other thing is, like, I think there were probably people there, too, who just didn't check in on Eventbrite. Is that, like, a guilty secret now on the podcast? But <laughs> that happens everywhere. It does. So, uh, but but I figured rounding it out to, it was about 300 in total that were there. And, and last year we had 175. So, you know, 175 teachers and 70 authors. So it was, you know, uh, we definitely did have an increase. But what I thought was really cool um, is that most of the people that filled out our feedback survey were, um, I think we have like about 160 that filled out the feedback survey. Um, and uh, about 80% of that number were first-time attendees. And of those, 60% were brought by a colleague who came last year. The, the greatest um, likelihood of somebody coming in the door as a newcomer was being accompanied by a colleague. And I think that's awesome because that means that people are going back to their districts together and looking at literacy initiatives together. And we have such an amazing team. Um, so Julia Guthrie, um, who teaches in um, Fort Lee at a Catholic school. So she's our like kind of private sector person. Um, and then we've got um, Nicole Mancini, who's in Bedminster, who is just an author care rock star. She is incredible. Um, and of course, Christina McCabe, my wonderful and mindful colleague, who is not so not on, as active on Twitter, um, but who is just an amazing boots in the ground person here and very calm and like yin to my yang. Um, I can attest to that. She's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And Larry Suarez, who is, I can't tell you how many times like the week prior to nerd camp, because with our nerd talkers, I was like, this one has slides and this one doesn't have slides yet. And, you know, and our, our keynote talker, our lunchtime keynote talker is, you know, um, she's worried about her like syncing things with her iPad and poor Larry just got an earful from me. Um, and then of course, you know, my, the co-organizer, um, is Sarah Mulhern Gross, who is, um, an absolute just rock star, 
amazing. Um, and she teaches down at high tech high on the Jersey shore. So I felt like the, I feel like the state as a whole is pretty well represented. We've got like the Philly area, we've got the Jersey shore, uh, we've got Northern New Jersey. So, um, but that team of organizers also, um, I think makes it come together. Um, I'd love a librarian on the team though. So, uh, we, you know, we realized that, um, that there was a dearth in that area. We didn't have many librarians that are coming to the conference. And that is different from NerdCat Michigan. They get like a bunch of librarians to come. You need to hit um, up Mary Fran Demains. I know. She was there last year and this year. And she, like you, is just like you spout off authors' names the same way she does. And I don't know how you keep them all straight, but yeah, she would be a great asset. And your organizing team was really amazing. I know Larry and I had a couple of conversations just in general about technology um, and trying to troubleshoot some of the some of the Apple needs of some of your presenters. You guys really are a well-oiled machine, even after only two years, and you're doing great things. So that's amazing. NerdCamp, for those of you who, who are still kind of trying to figure it all out, NerdCamp New Jersey, at least, feels very different from a traditional EdCamp in that the board is built ahead of time. This year, I love that you guys built your board in Google Slides and you let each person who was facilitating that session kind of take over that slide. A, you got a sense of who the facilitators were, just how they organized their stuff. But then they were already preloading like what their slides might be or you know the resources they were sharing. So that I found extremely helpful. And then seeing that those Google Slides were then just printed out and then the board was literally created from eight and a half by 11 sheets of paper and like there, that was great. So if you're, you're right, like if this is your first ed camp and your first ed camp is Nerd Camp New Jersey, you're going to have a completely different experience than when you go to, you know, say ed camp New Jersey, or you go to um, ed camp Philly or ed camp Garden State, which is happening soon. Um, so yeah, that's, that's like my number one takeaway was like, that feels really different. The other thing that felt really different last year was, um, and this year as well was, you know, you started with a keynote and I believe his name was Tom Rinaldi, right? Yes. The red man, the author of the, the, author red, of the red man. Tom and he was amazing. And anyone who knows me well knows that I do not enjoy keynotes at all. I find that <laughs> when they happen in the morning, like, and you know, you've probably, as an ELA teacher, you may or may not have gone to something like teacher's college where like you sit through the keynote and usually authors capture me in a way that most keynote speakers do not. And I think it's because they're natural storytellers. So I think that they have that going for them. So Tom Rinaldi, another thing about, yeah, I'm sorry. Another, another thing about Tom Rinaldi is he used to teach English. So what I loved last year was that he fully on, like he fully said, to us, um, I knew that I, 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 I was a, a good English teacher, but like I wasn't a great English teacher, you know. Um, and I, I appreciated his candor about that, um, and and how. Uh, I mean, then of course he became a journalist with ESPN. Uh, yeah, so he found his passion. But um, and I also want to point out that all of these speakers, Tom Rinaldi, came for free. Like when I talked with Alan Walker at Penguin Random House and just asked because uh, the Red Bandana was a book that was recommended by one of my students 
during our independent reading time. And I, then my, you know, then my colleague, Christina had a friend who worked at Penguin Random House. So I said, you know, this is going to be a stretch, but can we reach out to your, let's see if your friend has a connection to, can she get us in touch with Tom Rinaldi? I mean, we're like dreaming big here, but you know, maybe we could get, um, actually I didn't even say that. I'm sorry. Scratch that. I said, can we get some free copies of the red bandana? to give away. That's what I wanted. That, that was all that I wanted. And so, um, when I called Penguin or when Penguin Random House called me over February break of 2017 and, uh, Alan Walker said, well, yeah, we can send you some free copies of the red bandana. Do you want me to ask Tom if he's available that day? Yes, please. And and I was like, (laughs) I was like, Tom, Tom, Tom Rinaldi the author. And he's like, yeah, he, I think he'd be very happy to come out and talk at your event. Now, mind you, like Stacy, we didn't have a keynote on the, on the nerd agenda. You know, I call it the nerd yeah, agenda. Yeah. We didn't have a keynote planned. I was like, so this, that was like, I'm like, that's not on the roster, but I'm like, sure. Go ahead and give Tom Rinaldi a call. See if he's free. It's not like it's spring. It's not like he doesn't work at like ESPN and probably have like 15 million different things to do. He came. And he came for free and he talked to us. Um, and so I think, and it's funny because, uh, like even nerd camp, North Carolina, I saw, um, tweeted to us, like, how do you get your speakers? And I'm like, I don't want to sound ingenuous, but we just ask, like we ask, you know? And I think it was having that experience of having Tom Rinaldi sent to us that just makes me gutsier now. I'm like, what does it hurt to ask? What are they going to say? No. And that's, yeah. And that's how we got Penny Kittle this that year. That was amazing. Uh, we just emailed, we emailed her and we just asked Penny, would you like to come? And she came and she came on her own like dollar. That's the thing. Like she literally came to us. Um, and of course we like, you know, I joked, we got, we gave her like the nerdy getaway car. My friend George drove her to the airport turnpike PD, right? <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 Got her, you know, he and also um, my colleague, Christine Cavallo. So George Iannuzzi and, and Christine Cavallo, uh, they they were in charge of getting her to the airport on time after after all the nerd talks. So and that was so that speaks to my my point. Right. So we had a camp New Jer- or nerd camp, New Jersey last year. First year started off with a keynote, which was amazing. And then this year you switched up. So your 2.0 version started the day off with nerd talks, which with my ADD mind was amazing um, because it's these brief short snippets of excellence from various authors. And, you know, I just thought like, wow, this is like, if you're going to start with, with um, speakers in the morning, start with several speakers. Right. And it just had like a nice energy and it was just kind of a nice, um, preview of what your day could be like you could do this and you could talk you know what I mean like we listened to a woman speak about um you know fitting in and finding her voice and you know being other that was amazing and then the next speaker was was an illustrator from a completely different country with a beautiful accent and you know I sat up and I'm listening even more intently because I'm trying to like soak it all in just the ambiance and the feeling of it and like each of your Mm -hmm. nerd talk speakers was amazing. So, you know, I, I encourage people to take risks with their own ed camps for this reason. And then again, I'll go back to the fact that I really don't like keynotes. I sat, 
you know, I sat in the auditorium and listened to the keynote speaker this year, just, and, you know, I'm sad to say I had no idea who she was. And I remember someone coming into the audit, uh, into the, into the faculty room and saying, Oh, do you know when the keynote, when the lunchtime keynote happens? And again, if you know me, I don't like being spoken to at lunch. I like having conversation and kind of, you know, unpacking my morning and reflecting on what I've learned so far and like, having conversations with people and I sat transfixed listening to the lunchtime keynote. Do you want to talk about how you got her? Because I think she was amazing. Yes. Well, um, it, it came out of, and I think it's, it's always about the book. So, um, Caitlin Regdebellis wrote, uh, she is the first grade teacher from Sandy Hook elementary who saved the lives of her first graders by, um, locking them all into her single occupancy bathroom in her classroom and moving like the, the closet in front of that bathroom door. Um, she is the teacher who, you know, when the police came to, um, to tell her that she could come out, made the, the police put their badges under the door and then told them that if they were really the authorities, um, that they said they were, they would know how to find the person with the key to unlock the door. Um, so, um, and, and I think that that year, that Sandy Hook happened, I had a first grader and I took my first grader off the school bus that day. Cause I was home after I had my youngest mm-hmm. son and there was not one mother taking their child off the school bus that day. That was not in tears because of what happened. Um, and the news that was breaking. Um, and some parents even, you know, even went and picked their children up from school early, you know, um, and so here she was, Caitlin Rigdebellis, and, and her book is all about um, how she and her students had to recover yep. um, from this terrible trauma. How, you know, imagine a classroom of first graders with post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, and that and, and you know, her, her book just floored me, floored me. Um, and so last year, of course, in our feedback survey, everybody was like, Tom Rinaldi was awesome. Good luck getting someone as good <laughs> next year. I'm like, ha, 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 thanks. Um, and so I reached back out to Penguin Random House and, um, Alan Walker was able to send us Caitlin. And again, she came for free. Oh, did you really? Uh, That's you know, amazing. so yeah, she did. No, she wasn't paid. Um, she came for free to, um, you know, to talk to us. And the reason that we changed the time of the keynote speaker this year was that, we wanted more people in the community to come out. So Chatham parents could come out. Students who had read the book this year as an independent reading book could come out. Um, you know, and, and that allowed, we had about, you know, 20 students in house, uh, who were helping that day, many of whom had read her book as well. So, you know, we just wanted to make it something that wasn't just about, just for the people, just for educators. We wanted to open that to the entire community. And I think that um, you did and, that and piece really well too, because the the um, woman who introduced her, your PTO president, you could just tell she, she was, you know, in awe and honored. She told me that we were in the again in the faculty room that she felt honored that she got to do the introduction, and she did a wonderful job. And I think that that's a nice way to really include all of the stakeholders in a community and get them involved, whether it be students, parents you know, older community members, younger community members who are not school aged. I feel like NerdCamp really is, is welcoming of everyone. And that was amazing. 
And I also think that, and again, this, this year was the first year where we asked the PTO for assistance. Um, and, and I think leadership-wise, if, if you're planning an ed camp, um, one of my real struggles this year, and, and it, it has, I mean, after, it's like after you have a baby, like, you know, months later, you forget the pain, right? right. You're like, oh, you know, probably why, probably why I have four kids. <laughs> That's why I have four kids, you know? Um, but but um, it, it definitely was a lot of work for all of us last year. And so, you know, learning to reach out, broadening your team, getting more more folks on your team to assist, um, and also in-house asking for assistance. You know, I mean, my colleagues are amazing, um, and yet I struggle so much with asking for help. Um, I struggle so much with, um, you know, kind of reaching out and saying, this is what I need you to do. And to be honest, I struggle with being bossy. Oh, ditto. Yes. Um, Delegation. And, and, and uh, like, you know, to say to the custodians, no, the chairs have to be set up like this. Like, I, I feel like such a diva if I, you know, if I am bossy like that. And yet many people are like, just tell me what to do. So I think that, that for me, reaching out to the PTO, I remember when I sat down with the PTO president saying, I have to tell you, it's really hard to ask for money because we got a great um, sponsorship last year for NerdCamp 1.0. Um, DK Publishing gave us like, you know, a, a really nice check. Um, and that didn't come through this year. And that's OK. I don't you know, like I'm not a, like everybody. Everybody has, you know, different, you know, different years, what have you. Um, but we needed to ask for help. Uh, and so I reached out to the PTO and I, and I fully said uh, to Samantha Eckert, who is our PTO president and just amazing, as you said, um, you know, I really feel very uncomfortable and awkward asking for money. <laughs> <laughs> I feel really uncomfortable asking, can you pay for lunch for our authors and for our, like for presenters who've done present the rule of thumb was if the presenter has done more than one workshop, you know, so like Kate Baker, who's like absolutely nuts. And I adore she did her, all three. <laughs> but she did three workshops, she did three workshops in a row. Um, I'm like, feed Kate, come on. And, and Morgan Toll as well as another one. She did three workshops in a row, like feed those ladies. So, um, and they have, you know, the PTO is, you know, they said, we want to get involved. We want to be able to provide these things. Um, so please don't be shy about asking. Right. I think sometimes we forget that they're there for us. And I also think schools are sometimes really hard places to collaborate. You know, you're doing your school stuff. Like I have my course load. I have my, you know, my teaching load. I have my students. Yeah. It's hard to, you know, to think beyond that when you're, when you're feeling like you're part of the big machine to just stop and tell yourself, no, I, I need to ask for some help here. So, um, but they want to, they want to help again next year and there is going to be a next year. Fantastic. So. I'm so excited. So what changes do you think you'll have in place for next year? So believe it or not, you know, we were talking about having that preset board. Um, we actually, we do still want to have some like pre-scheduled workshops next year. Um, so what we decided, and I think this happens in ed camps a lot, is that a lot of people kind of scoot out for the later session. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's pretty common in New Jersey for like all ed camps and even conferences. Like, you know, like you do see people leave early. Um, and so what we decided to do is uh, next year we want to build the board the day of. We will take author um, 
we will take author proposals, like in terms of like, so like 50 was a really good number for authors this year. Like that was a good round number. Um, and so we want to keep it at that. Um, cause 50 is also like what we could put up on the website, um, and what, you know, what we could on our website promote, um, as these are the 50 authors that are going to be there. Um, so what our feedback form said was they want more young adult authors. Uh, we had a lot of very strong middle grades representation and, um, elementary like picture books representation, but we didn't have a lot of authors of books for older teens, like your grade 10, 11, and 12, like, really, you know, well-written young adult, uh, literature. We didn't have many authors that would, um, fit that bill. And that's really funny because we were in a high school, right? <laughs> so I was like, well, you're right. Um, so that was one of the things on the feedback form. So we're going to, you know, we definitely want to do some, um, extended outreach, spread the nerdy word, um, to authors. Um, but the other thing is we want our session one to have a reading focus, we want our session two to have a writing focus. So if you're putting a, a session up on the board for session one, it's with the idea of promoting reading. And if you're putting one up on for session two, it's going to be with the idea of promoting writing. Um, the problem with building the board in advance, and, and we'll still do the, do Google Slides, because I think that's, you know, that we can still build that before the event. Um, but I think that, uh, what Sarah and I, Sarah Gross and I have been talking about is that the event, when, when we do build the board in advance like that, it's like the event lives in our head long before it happens. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like it, and it's, uh, uh, you know, and then we're almost like hyper-focused on, on it a little bit too much. Um, so what we're going to do for session three is a leadership strand. So, you know, um, administrators, language arts supervisors, principals, vice principals, curriculum coordinators, um, literacy coaches, instructional coaches, librarians. Those are all our people that, you know, are likely to stay behind, you know, and not leave before session three. You know, those are the people that are going to, you know, like, they're going to be there for the long haul. Uh, and so, you know, we just figure it makes sense and we'll have, and we may end up, we still have to decide, but we may end up, um, pre-scheduling some of those, you know, so people will know what's running session three, but they might not know what's going on session one and two. And the other, the other thing that we want to do next year is, um, try our best to link the nerd talkers with a workshop. So, you know, so if, so, you know, one of the, with a featured workshop in a larger classroom. So for example, let's say Sergio Ruzier, who he was the illustrator that you were talking about before, like having him, uh, after his nerd talk in the morning, having him do a workshop with another teacher. And that's another thing we did this year. We tried as much as possible to encourage authors and teachers to collaborate on their workshops. Um, and so, you know, that's what we're going to try to do next year as well is, is to encourage our nerd talkers to deliver a focused workshop, either in session one or in session two in the reading strand or in the writing strand and writing meaning composition. So, you know, that could be doodling, sketch noting, you know, uh, and doing digital composition like iMovie or, you know, things along those lines. It doesn't have to be, you know, just traditional writing, so to speak. 
So that's, those are the, the changes that we're talking about for next year. We talk, we've talked about this before, like just reflective practice and, you know, being thoughtful about being critical of your own work, right? Like what went well, what do we want to keep? What didn't go well? And how can we change things to make it better? And, um, you know, just in our conversation on Voxer, I know you were doing all of that as I do all of that every time I do a workshop or um, do some type of training for my teachers or even, you know, help facilitate an ed camp or my most recent event was a 5k. So, you know, I started thinking like, all right, well, this did not very, did not go very well. So like, what are some changes? And I love that we changed this from last year because it made things so much easier. How streamlined was it, you know? And don't you sometimes wish though, don't you sometimes wish you could just be one of those people that like just lets it roll off your back? Like, oh, well, you know, like it didn't work. This person didn't like it. Oh, well, like, but I can't be like that. And, um, one of the things like we had, yeah, I call it be more duck and I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm try. I can try. It's just not, it's not necessarily part of my temperament, but, um, like classroom close-up was here and also the New York times was here on Saturday. Um, and you know, in the, I remember in the interview, um, Debbie from classroom close-up was like, you know, do you think that it's like worth the time? I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but do you think all this is worth the time? And I'm like, if you think logically about this, you know, there, there's no logical reason to do this. It, it takes hours of my time. It takes hours of all the other organizers time. Um, people are coming out here on this gorgeous spring Saturday, the first nice Saturday, like that New Jersey has seen in months. <laughs> and like, and they're, they're taking time out of their weekend to come, you know, to come and do this. But what what makes me say yes to doing it is that last year people said this is the best professional development I've had in my career. And and how can you turn your back on being accountable to the profession? It's like, you know, you're you're putting fuel in their tank to get through the rest of the year then. We as a team are being accountable to each other and helping each other. So that's how I look at it anyhow. I love it. I I I think that's exactly why we do it, right? Because we are lifelong learners and we want to bring that faction of learning to everyone. You spoke about Kate Baker and I knew she was giving three sessions because she was the first presenter that I went to in the morning. Um, And you have more intimate knowledge of the board, but can you talk a little bit about some of the sessions that you saw? I mean, I know I saw Kate, she talked about e-portfolios And, you know, really opened my eyes to some possibilities Mm -hmm. there. And then I saw one of my colleagues, Rachel Scupp, and her professor, um, Emily, what they shared at NerdCamp here with our eighth grade teachers. And they talked about LGBTQ book clubs and raising awareness um, in literature in that regard. But what were some of the other sessions that took place on Saturday? Some of the sessions, and I actually want to give a shout out to some of the sessions that um, that I stepped into because one of the great things about being an organizer, um, I mean, I did give a session on Saturday. I split it with Dave White. He and I, um, did a combined session. So I did the first half hour and then he did the second half hour. Um, I didn't want the day to pass without doing a session. Sarah Gross felt the same way. She, uh, presented with Nancy Castaldo on closing the environmental literacy gap. So, um, you know, we, 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 felt like even though we're organizers, we still want to be a part of this. We still want to be a part of the learning. Um, so I got to hop from room to room. Let me see. What did I see? Um, I absolutely adored the picture book biography panel. 
um, Andrea Loney, Emma Otegi, Jean Beretta, Lori Walmark, Selene Castrovilla. They are amazing. So that was like the nonfiction picture book. And I think I, I like that more as a mom, even like I teach 11th and 12th grade, but as a mom, I love those books and I love their books and I read them with my kids. Um, and there, the session by Barit Gordon on, um, uh, you know, she's the author of no more fake reading. Uh, so she had a standing room only session, which was incredible. Heather Rocco, who is my supervisor, um, and Joellen McCarthy, who's one of the organizers for Nerd Camp Long Island, they did a combined session called um, Passionate and Practical Building um, Reading Communities in Your Schools. And again, that was like a standing room only one. Um, they were they were amazing. And they just gave practical ideas to people about how to ignite that love of reading in your schools. Um, and, you know, those were ones that definitely stood out. Bookie Vavat um, and Henry Neff and Joe McGee did uh, a session on writing and illustrating the villains we love to hate. And um, I talked with Bookie about it later, too. We kind of post-gamed on it. Um, and what I love is, like, some of these sessions are just like school. They're, like, you know, like your nerd talkers have their slides and it's on the thumb drive and you're, like, putting it on the computer at the last minute, you know, just like in real school. Um, and Bookie was, like, and so Bookie was working with Henry and Joe and she's, like, oh, Henry did so much of the work. Like Joe and I just like showed up and like, we just like kicked in like our two cents. And I laughed because, you know, because it's so true to like what actually happens. Absolutely. In school. We never go up. Um, but the other, you know, and, and one of the things I think that I loved was in our school here, we had students taking notes in some of the workshops and our student volunteers, we placed them and many of, we have many students who want to be teachers. Um, so it was really cool. Like I have one of my 12th graders whom I, she wants to be an elementary school teacher. And so I put her as a note taker in workshop with picture book authors. And, you know, I mean, I just think that's just, you know, it's kind of like a pay it forward thing. She's, she's going to be ready in the future with some of those picture books when she goes out to do her pre-service teaching and, and stuff like that. But the students. That's great that you, that you leverage that. You know, that's a great way to, again, get those stakeholders involved, bring the community in beyond just teachers and, and kind of open it up. And that, I love that, that you have a high schooler, um, you know, as the official note taker, but that anyone has access to those notes. Is that right? Yes. So that's, you know, the archive is on the, awesome. it's on the Google slides. So, um, and, uh, and our title talk workshop, we had, um, about 20, 25 or 30 students from the district. And we, and Christina McCabe, it was uh, her original idea to do a reverse engineered workshop where the teachers could do a gallery walk through the title talk room. And we had students that they each brought two or three of their favorite books, middle grades and high school students. And so your middle grades teachers and high school teachers could come in and take a walk through and populate their lists for their classroom libraries and, you know, to recommend to their students um, because our students were recommending them. So, uh, and that was the reporter from the New York Times spent a lot of time in the room there, um, Catherine Schulten, talking with our students about their reading lives. So that was like, that's like my like, you know, I'm locking that away in like the positivity vault for like the days when like a lesson right. bombs, you know. 
<laughs> I have to remember, I have that memory in my mind, like the big picture, right? You had, like you said, two press outlets there, two media outlets. How did that come to be? And have those articles or um, there was some video taken? Has any of that media been published? Yes. Um, the Chatham Courier published an article. It's, it's also one of those that's like behind a paywall. And because I don't live in Morris County, I don't, I don't get that newspaper. So I literally was on our Schoology nerd camp group this morning, like tell people to cut <laughs> the article out, everyone, <laughs> like tell them to cut it out and bring it in. I'm like, you know, old school. Um, so the Chatham Courier put out a wonderful article, um, mostly about Caitlin Roy DeBellis' keynote, which is to be expected because that was the community, the community was invited into that event. Um, and then uh, the we have our connection to the New York Times is through Sarah Gross. She does so much work with the New York Times Learning Network. Um, and she is, uh, she collaborates a lot with Catherine Schulten. So that's how Catherine, um, came on board. And then Sarah also was the person to reach out to Classroom Close Up because Classroom Close Up has covered events, uh, for her in the past at her school. Uh, so that's how they came out. And my goodness, they had a loaded agenda. Classroom Close Up, they, they covered, I think six different workshops they were filming in with their like skeleton crew, mind you. Um, and then they, I think they interviewed about 10 different people. They interviewed two authors, two students and, you know, six, six to eight educators, I want to say. So I, and, and that's, that episode will be out in October or November. So that'll be perfect timing for when we start to spread the nerdy word about NerdCamp NJ 3.0. So uh, yeah, that was, it was, it was just a nice touch. And I feel like, it's those types of opportunities that will help bring awareness to, you know, this type of, of professional learning for teachers, whether they be nerdy teacher, book lovers, or, you know, the average math teacher. I, I really think that anybody could have gone to nerd camp and found something relevant to bring back to any classroom. There were a lot of offerings outside of literacy. I saw a lot of tech. And I think that, you know, when you go to something like that, if you look at it with a different lens, with your lens, you can find something. There are, t- there are another couple of things that stick that, you know, stay in my mind. One is that um, I asked our board president to come and kick off the day. That was great, and by the way. to welcome everyone. And she did. Great, yeah. And she stayed the whole day. Um, she stayed the entire day and she went to, um, she went to the, the workshop on, um, oh gosh, uh, it was IW Gregorio, Alexandria LaFay and Hilary Homsey, and it was on social media. So she went to that workshop and then she went to the, went to the American sign language workshop. And then for session three, she went to all the signings, the author signings, um, in the cafeteria that were being offered then. And she bought a bunch of books and she, um, was so effusive in her praise and made sure to, uh, like I got an email from her on Sunday, um, all about, you know, just how wonderful the event was. And, um, and I know that having your, the president of your board of education stay for the entire event is just a sign of the, the mm-hmm. fidelity of your home district, um, and, uh, and their faith in, you know, in the leadership that's, that's there. And I just so appreciate that. And, um, and she was, she was just so warm and, but that's like the American sign language, um, one, it's funny you say that is one that two of my math colleagues here at the high school attended. 
Um, and they were here just volunteering, helping out. They were helping with registration. They were helping with, you know, with anything and everything. They helped with the signings. They sat with Caitlin when she ate her lunch after she spoke. Um, and, and, you know, my, my colleague Meredith Kempson said it, it was so helpful just to see these little tips in the American Sign Language classroom that you, you could use that in any classroom. So you're right. Um, I think, and I also think reading in science is totally different than reading in, you know, in English class and literature. Um, I'd love to see more content specific workshops that, that pop up next year. So. I was just gobsmacked with the variety of authors, the variety on the board, um, just the diversity of speakers in the morning and in, you know, in the afternoon. Um, you did a great, great job. And I'm so happy and pleased that you could share NerdCamp with our listeners. Um, describe your ideal PD experience as a learner or a presenter. So I think for me, um, the best PD experiences are the ones that, that kind of happen organically. So like when I go to a professional conference, um, even if I'm like standing in line at the coffee kiosk or if I'm, you know, wherever it might be, uh, I think that's some of the best professional learning is what's happening kind of on the fly. That's not to say that what's going on in the workshop rooms isn't good too, uh, but I think those, for me, those one-on-one conversations, like what you were talking about before, taking that lunchtime to kind of have a good conversation with someone, um, that's where the, the best professional learning can happen. Um, I, I do, I like, I kind of have a problem with people that are like, well, I don't want to do what the students do in professional development. Uh, like, I can't, I can't wrap my head around right. not I, wanting to do that. I like so, that. That's my thing. That, that's my opinion. I like living that experience. So I agree with yeah. you. And then my final question, I know you are an avid reader, but are you a podcast listener? You know, I've had to cut back on the podcast that I listen to, but, but, um, one of my favorite, uh, blog posts, and I, I believe it was on the nerdy book club blog is by Shauna Coppola. Um, and she talks about what do you do when you're between books? And, um, and she talks about podcasts or listening to podcasts between books. So, um, when I am listening to a podcast, it is, uh, like Slate's political gab fest, the moth podcast. If you want to populate your read next list, listen to the moth podcast, because there are so many amazing storytellers on there. Um, and I love that one. Um, and you were mentioning ADHD before, um, so another podcast, another podcast that I like, cause I have, uh, two children with ADHD and I discovered when, when one of my children was diagnosed that I've had it all my life. Yay. So, um, the ADHD rewired podcast is also, um, a pretty cool, uh, listen if you're, you know, if you're interested in, you know, in a podcast along those lines, if you're if you're listening and you have ADHD and you haven't stopped listening by now, then you should go and listen to the ADHD rewire podcast. Those are my favorite. I love it. I'm going to check out some of them. I know some of those are NPR. Um, the ADHD one, I think, you know, being a, a podcast about learning and professional development that could probably serve most educators in their own classroom. So Una, I can't thank you enough for your time. Um, this has been absolutely amazing. Hopefully I will see you again before next year's nerd camp and um, we will connect again. 
And I thank you so much for having me on this, um, on your episode, because and we, we both have to spread the nerdy word or you're the first one that said nerds of a feather flock together. So we have to, we have to get, got to keep, keep on being, being nerdy. nerdy. Thanks a lot, Una. So I threw in a House of EdTech audio transition because we don't really typically do this on this show, so I don't have predefined transition music. So um, no, I'll and have to put I, something I together. I enjoyed it. <laughs> it, that, I enjoyed editing the interview. I know AJ got to preview it as well. AJ, what is your an, an, what was your initial reaction to the conversation? Uh, I, I'm appreciate that Stacy is able to share her passion for learning and NerdCamp was a great success from what I saw through the uh, social media feeds. So I appreciate uh, everything that was shared. So thank you, Una. Thank you, Stacy. Yeah, Stacy, I, I got to say from, from a podcasting point of view, you did a nice job on your own without the training wheels. You use Zencaster. You did it. It was super scary. And I thought I was going to mess things up left and right. But um, yeah, Una is easy to talk to. And I knew that from just previous conversations with her via Voxer and in real life. And um you know, watching watching that particular EdCamp um, or NerdCamp New Jersey just turn into and evolve into what it is in its second go around and just listening to the ideas that she has for um, the 3.0 version. It's just been spectacular. So if you are a book lover or you like things, all, all things literacy, or you just want to experience something outside of the norm of your regular EdCamp, I highly, highly recommend you check out NerdCamp for next year. Nice. And there will be a link to NerdCamp in the show notes. And also, as we're about to get into giving our podcast recommendations, thank you, Una, for your podcast recommendation, which we will link to, of course, in the show notes for this episode out at podcastpd.com slash 28. So before we get out of here, guys, why don't we give our latest and most current podcast recommendations? And due to a pregame coin flip, I get to go first. I have to self-promote shamelessly plug, uh, not a new podcast, but a new a new feature of the House of EdTech podcast that if you are new to this show, that's the other podcast that I started with and, and host. And on April 30th, I launched officially my own Amazon A-L-E-X-A skill. And I spell it out for a reason because there's one sitting on my desk. And for you who's listening out in podcast land, maybe you've got one near you. And I don't want to aggravate you, as I think we did in a previous episode. <laughs> so uh, you you can go to chrisnessy.com slash A-L-E-X-A, uh, or you can go into your app for her and you can- Wait, are you spelling Alexa? Yes, you. yeah, but you my it can't hear you because you're in my, my ears. Which is why I said it, but everyone <clears throat> else got a little bit of a ping. Yes. Although I, have, I don't have Alexa, so I don't know. There you go. So- it's a new flash briefing. It's called the House of Ed Tech 60 Sec Rec. And Monday through Friday, you will get literally 60 seconds of me giving you just a, a recommendation, a tech tip, a tool inside of 60 seconds. And it's an experiment for me to do some daily content that is obviously pre recorded. I'm not getting up before you hear it to record it live that day. So. It's something new. If if you check it out and you add it, you know, please let me know, share it around. And uh, it, it's just another way that I'm trying to make education a little bit better by putting out some great, what I think is useful information. 
So this is going to sound silly, but like as a person who does not have an echo, like what do I have to do to act? I say Alexa and then what? Play my flash briefing. Play my flash briefing. And as a user, how do I get that flash briefing into my whatever, my account or? By default, I believe all accounts will play content from Reuters. Okay. And then there are other podcasts and other skills that you can get through the um, through the app on your mobile device for, for the Amazon okay. device. Uh, or you can actually, if you go into your Amazon account via the web browser, if you're logged in, you can go and you can add skills that way. And it'll obviously, of course, sync up with your device in your home or wherever you might have one. And are there other EDU skills that I can get there from there as a teacher or like to use in the classroom? I don't even know. I don't know either. I, I mean, this okay. is, it was easy for me to set up and, you know, create a, an additional RSS feed and, you know, quote unquote, build it. I didn't need to do any coding. I just created some artwork. So it shows up on the Amazon website and it's just me posting these one minute audio files that I'm scheduling to release Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I love it. So it's an experiment. We'll see how it goes uh, in the future. There might be one for Podcast PD. We don't know, but it's certainly some technology that we can play with. And certainly on my end, I'm, I, I, to answer your question, Stacey, I would like to maybe find a way to show teachers how they can create their own skills. Or this might be a way to another way to get homework reminders out or get quick information out to your students that have these devices that – if I can get it down and figure out the process, I don't think it would be too hard for anybody to record and release content to reach kids and families this way. So maybe a school could have a skill or a school district could get announcements out that way, which that's cool. Yeah, it would be really cool. So I just got to keep playing with it. AJ, what are you listening to? Uh, so for me, it is the season, uh, not baseball, a different season. It's golf season. So four. I don't know. That, that's the bad thing about golf. You don't want to yell for for yelling for you're hitting the ball. Say, you're, not that, to. you're not supposed to yell that. I, I learned that on that superstore show. Yeah. No. <laughs> for me. Look out. Oh, you mean your other job, Stacey, that you star on that show? <laughs> yes. You know, my America for doppelganger. Anyway, so golf. Yeah, golf. Back to golf. See, just as boring as people want it to be. Um, <laughs> I like golf. It's relaxing to me. It's a little getaway from the from life. So, uh I heard about a new podcast that I'm going to start listening to, and it's uh, dedicated to golf, and it's called the Golficity Podcast. And uh, Golficity is golf, G-O-L-F, and then I-C-I-T-Y. So if you're a golfer out there or you want to get started, this is a great podcast that talks about uh, news, instruction, other things that you need to know to uh, enter the world of golf, such as equipment. Uh, but, you know, it, they have a ton of episodes they're in the 200s so i'm not going to give you one specific one because it depends on your interest level if you want to get started with golf really i would look at uh, a lot of the ones that talk about training um i know not many people like golf it is a long and expensive hobby but i really enjoy it so i'm going to start listening to this a little bit more and dive into uh some of my issues that i have on the golf course and see if i can improve my game and Hopefully hang out there next to uh, Jordan Spieth and Tiger Woods one day. On the course, not on the sidelines. (laughs) 
Wait, I, 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 I think I found these. I think this will work. Hold on. I feel like yes. we're listening to Happy Gilmore, uh, however, like just swing at that thing over yeah. and over and over again. However, I was going to say, if it's if it's my golf game, then usually after those swings, you're, no, God, <laughs> left, don't go that way. That's amazing. So that's Alrighty, pretty cool. Then. Yeah, no, something new I, I grabbed onto this weekend. So I'm going to take a listen and see what else I can learn. Nice. Stacy. what are you listening to and learning from or being entertained by of late? So I have two things. Um, I will admit to the fact that I have not really listened to any kind of educational podcast in quite some time, probably since I did my 30 days of um, tripod. So I'm like a little bit behind on my EDU podcast, but I have started um, going back into like some of the back catalog that I have for some of my NPR shows. And I listened to Hidden Brain recently. And there were a couple of recent shows um, talking about topics that I think could be brought into the classroom with some finesse. So you'd have to take some care. Um, but the episode that was released on April 23rd, Emma, Carrie, and Vivian talks about three generations of women, all from the same family, who were... Um, admitted into the Virginia state colony for epileptics and the feeble minded. I just listened and to this one. Sorry to cut you. I, I, I no. Wow. It, was, it was just fascinating. And they talk about eugenics, which if you're not sure what that is, it's basically um, the sterilization of a population. And these three women, again, all from the same family. So mother, daughter, daughter, or, you know, grandmother, mother, daughter, however you want to think about it. Um, you know, basically were sterilized by this one doctor. Um, it it's just a really interesting case. And if you are an upper middle school or upper middle grades teacher or a high school teacher, I think that when you talk about human rights and you talk about um, you know, voice and um, social issues, depending on what your curriculum is, this is a show that you could bring in as a choice for an alternative text. Um, you know, as we as we talk about how text is not necessarily the things that you read in print, but also the things you view and the things that you listen to. This is something that, like I said, with care, could be brought into the classroom. Um, it was this episode, and then. Um, the April 16th episode where they talk, they, um, they talk about Rwanda and, um, and the, the uprising there and, and, and the genocide there. Um, we do do genocide as part of our IRLA curriculum or I'm sorry, our ELA curriculum. We call it IRLA integrated reading and language arts. So ELA for most people, um, that's part of the eighth grade curriculum there. And the, you know, they watch hotel Rwanda. They talk about genocide from with that lens, but like, this is just another alternative to kind of like bring it into the classroom. Um, I, so I think again, the, not educational, but totally educational. I, I think the first one is a great example to show anybody, obviously including students of, of the right age, that the United States hasn't always had its hands clean and, you know, we do things the right way, you know, 
So there, there are definitely some some scars in our nation's past that uh, uh, until this, I I never really even heard about that. So no, me def- neither. Definitely eye opening. It was definitely eye opening. And then because you know these are some heavier content um, topics. I also wanted to recommend something you could watch. So I don't know. We haven't talked about this, but have you guys watched Alex Inc.? Yes. I have only seen the premiere episode, but go ahead. It is so stinking cute. So it is an ABC show with, um, is it, is it, um, Zach Zach Braff? Yes. So Zach Braff and he is, he starts out as a public radio host who is fed up with the institution, quits his job, and becomes a podcast host. And it's just so amazing. I like watching it. They work in this open space office where um, where it's like um, common – I forget what they're called. I know there was a How I Built This on it. Um, but basically, they rent out their space in this big open office, and they install a soundproof booth. And it's just like super cute. The family is adorable. Are you aware um, of what the whole thing is based on? What's that? Are you aware of what it's based on? No. It's it's based on. Uh, yeah, no, it's real. It's actually real. It's real. It's real. Yes. Yeah, Stop it's it. Story. There's a podcast about the show. It it's based on. Uh, oh, what's his name? Ah, uh, the Gimlet Media. The yep. podcast is called Startup. Okay. And the guy whose name escapes me, he left NPR to start his own podcast company. And the first season of Startup chronicles him starting a podcast company as a startup. And if you're actually interested in listening to it and you watch the show, they have an episode from April 13th where this guy, Alex, talks Alex to Zach Braff. Zach Braff. Yeah. Yay. That's so cool. Yeah. Wow. You, you, you know, podcasting like- has, has made it to mainstream when you have, I mean, the show is not about podcasting. It's. It's a family comedy. It's a family. I love watching it with the boys and I love that they know what podcasts are. So they totally get it. Nice. (laughs) So yeah, definitely check that out uh, on, uh, on your DVR or go check out some clips on YouTube. That's our first visual recommendation. I like it. Yeah. I was super excited when I saw that and I immediately thought of you guys and I just feel like we haven't talked TV in a really long time. We just haven't had silly conversation like that. So. I'm going to have to subscribe to Startup Podcast and especially listen to Alex Talks to Zach Braff. Alex Bloomberg. That's his name. Cool beans. Nice. So I think that's it. <coughs> Sorry. Okay. Anything else we want to share? Or we'll see everybody in two weeks. We'll see everybody in two weeks. All right. Middle of May. Imagine that. <laughs> What'd you say? It'll be the middle of May. Imagine that. Wow. That's just amazing to me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Time sure. flies. We'll be gearing up for the September premiere of Podcast PD in no time. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> but let's slow down and enjoy this summer. Yeah. And this school year. Yeah. All the things in between. Sure. <laughs> so, Stacy, take us out. All right. Say goodbye, Christopher. Goodbye, Christopher. Say goodbye, AJ. Goodbye, AJ. Bye, everyone.
Thank you for joining us for this episode of Podcast PD. For links to all of the resources mentioned in this and every episode, please visit our website, podcastpd.com. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at AJBianco. And I also blog at AJBianco.me. You can connect with me on Twitter. I am Mr. Nessie. And I would love it if you also checked out the House of Ed Tech podcast over on chrisnessy.com. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at irontech, and I blog at irontech.me. Connect with Podcast PD on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast PD. We would also love to have you as a member of our Facebook community. Go to podcastpd.com slash Facebook to join. You can help us reach more educators like you by telling someone else about the podcast. So share us with a colleague, and if you do it on social media, please make sure to tag us. Podcast PD is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network. Podcast for educators. Podcast by educators. For more great education podcasts, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. This is the time of year that I wish I could wear a skirt to school. I'll still be wearing jeans every day. Because I, can't, because I can't wear shorts. Do it. Just uh, do it. I'm going to have it so much say? easier. Like, why do you have to, you know, confine yourself to those heteronormative fashion choices? I dare you to wear a skirt. Wear a kilt. <laughs> I, once, I was I'm, I'm not going to go authentic though. <laughs> uh, well, right. now that we've all pictured Chris in a skirt, <laughs> let's uh, talk about some podcast PD. I can't believe I just waved like people can see me. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> That's all, folks. Can you guys, can you guys hear um, lights out? Can you hear lights out? Yeah, I don't know if you can hear it. They're like playing the lights out that you would play at a military base.